We are in the season of Hanukkah, the season of miracles. Hanukkah goes by a couple different names. You might know it as the Festival of Lights. You might know it as Hanukkah itself. But one of the other names is the Feast of Dedication. And when we look back at John 10, 22, we find that this is actually one of the more popular names that is given. And it shows us uh, with this that Jesus was actually celebrating Hanukkah himself. So reading from John 10, 22, using this kind of as that main text here, it says, it says, Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And that passage goes on, and we've used that passage before in other teachings where we talked about um, the listening and obeying. But notice, again, this is in the season of Hanukkah that he is being approached by all of them, um, saying specifically it was the... It, it, then came the Feast of Dedication. Well, I want to talk to us today about dedication. I want us to look at the dedication that happened with the Maccabees after the battle was all done. Now, giving you a little bit of history here, I'm just going to kind of go back and, and jog your memory a little bit where the, the problem that was going on was that the, the Greeks had come in and they were forcing the un-Jewish culture on the Jewish people. So we had the changing in their diet, where many of them began to eat the items that God had commanded them not to from the book of Leviticus. In Leviticus, it tells us what the diet should and should not be. Um, and then not only were they eating these foods that they shouldn't have, but some of them were even going to more extremes. They were... Uh, changing their circumcision to look as if they were not circumcised so they could fit in with the Greeks there. And there was a lot of pressure put on them in reference to just being Greekish, so to say. So now it's no longer, hey, I need to go and, and hang out in the synagogue. Now it is, oh man, I have to go and hang out at the gym because now it's all about me and my body and, and you know, the forsaking of God and his ways because A, I don't want my house to be burned down or have, have any of these problems. And this are, these are serious things. The Greeks did come in with a, a lot of change, you know, a turn or burn type thing where they would uh, enforce in one way or another. You need to do our practices or suffer the fate there. So a lot of them did convert because of the, the fear that was going on. Um, and, and then there were those who resisted. Now, there are stories before uh, where they there are uh, ministers who were forced to eat pig and chose not to do that, and they did in fact find themselves being killed as a result of their non-conversion. But this whole this whole problem ended when you had this small group of men known as the Maccabees who stood up against what the, what was being pushed on them. Who, as we talked about last time, who rose up and said, "Enough! We are done with this. This is enough. We're not gonna we're not gonna bow down. We're not gonna do these things. We are not going to continue on in these these ways that are against God's word." And so, enough. And a battle ensues, and we find that this small army of men, known as the Maccabees, rise up against this huge army of Greek soldiers 
and actually defeat them. And this is a historical event. You can look at this in the in the chronicles of history. Um, so I'm not I'm not making anything up here. But now we might not know too much about this though, because when the when this is recorded. Um, it's actually recorded in what is known as the Apocrypha. And the Apocrypha is not something that the church really uses. Um, and I would, I would say that having read the Apocrypha before, there is a lot of great historical stuff in there. And the only reason that the Apocrypha books there are not in the Bible is that when they went through, when the scholars went through and they decided which books should and should not be included in the Bible there, they felt that these books did not reference enough of God and 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 his ways and all and so they decided that it needed to be deleted from the the scriptures there um, now if you have read the apocrypha before though you will find that there are books such as uh, uh, Barak which was the scribe of uh, Jeremiah so he has some of his own writings in there you'll have stories like Bell and the dragon there's a continuation of uh, a couple extra chapters from the book of Daniel um, and as well as I believe from the book of Esther also it's been a while since I have read through but you'll also find that there are the books of the Maccabees and so I'm gonna just give you a little a little bit of information here specifically from the book of Maccabees. I'm going to be reading from 1 Maccabee 4, and I'm going to look at verse 4, uh, 56 and 59 here for you. So if you have the Apocrypha, you are welcome to follow along with me. But if not, um, then uh, it, it can be looked up on the internet and all those type things. But anyway, 1 Maccabees 4, 56 here, just to kind of give an indication of what has happened now with the dedication of the temple. It says, for eight days they celebrated the dedication of the altar and joyfully offered burnt offerings and sacrifices of deliverance and praise. And then skipping over to 59, that every year for eight days, the days of dedication of the altar should be observed. So we see here that the eight days of dedication, not only does it have a lot to do with the oil, but because of that, and because they wanted the holiday to kind of be a another Sukkot, which for the those of you who are unfamiliar with the culture there, Sukkot is kind of like the eight-day festival that happens in the fall. Um, think of it as an eight days of Thanksgiving, so to say. That's kind of a good way to say it, where they celebrated the first fruits and, and, and all the uh, joyfulness that came with that, as well as they celebrated the cloud by night and the, or the cloud by day and the fire by night that followed or that led Moses and all them as they went through. There's uh, some, 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 some pieces of information that really point this to be in the time of Sukkot and, and how they had to kind of watch for the signs as they were going around uh, walking through the desert there. So anyway, we have all this stuff happening. We have all this stuff happening. And what I want to point out here is, again, the dedication. Because after the war was done, after the battle was done, they had to rededicate not only themselves, but they had to rededicate the temple. See, because part of the defilement was that the people had moved away from God's ways. 
God had made it very clear in the Torah. They had the Torah to rely on. They they knew what the Torah said. And for the most part, many of them were living the Torah ways. Like we said, they, they were choosing not to eat certain things. They were choosing not to defile their bodies in certain ways there. They were following the what God had put there. But when this when this Greek culture came in, this is when they decided, hey, I'm going to change my ways. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of convert. I'm going to start eating what I shouldn't eat. I'm going to start doing things that I, you know, that maybe the Torah says is wrong, but I, you know, this, this culture now that's coming at us here, I'm going to start doing these things. And so we had a defilement of the people, but we also had a defilement of the temple itself. If you remember, I shared how they brought the pig in and they started doing sacrifices on this holy altar of pigs, which was never supposed to have happened. And, and it wasn't just that they sacrificed the pig. It was the, the irreverence of taking the pig's blood and splattering it on the temple walls and on the altar and on the Torah itself and defiling this very sacred place that... God had established in his word. And so now with the battle being done, with the Maccabees rising up and saying, enough, and overcoming this massive army with just a few, we find that there is a time now of rededicating, and this is what they're celebrating, but this rededication process, this is what I want us to follow on today. This is what I want us to look at today. Because there was a cleansing needed. People needed to clean themselves by forgiveness, but they also needed to clean the temple physically. So there was a time of cleansing that was needed, but there was also a time of rededication that was needed. If we skip over to 1 Corinthians 6, starting in verse 19 here, we see it says, Do, do you not know that your body is a temple? of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Now, Paul's writing these words to us, and he's, and from here he's talking about, you know, just not using your body for, for sexual things there. He also moves into marriage and is basically saying at this point that we should not be unequally yoked and all this type of stuff. And it's true. But what I want us to focus on is that we are a temple. We are an extension of Christ. Our body is a temple. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? We are supposed to be a representation of Christ. Paul tells us later on, and I believe it's in uh, in Ephesians 5, if I remember correctly, where it talks about to be imitators of God. We find that Peter, as well as Jesus himself, both mention, be holy, for God is holy, for I am holy, is what it says there. Well, we're supposed to live this holy life because we are a temple of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be an, ex an example. Our body is supposed to be an example of a physical temple. But just as we see that there was a defilement that happened even back then, physically to the temple, as well as to their own bodies, we see that really we're no different. We can still put ourselves in those same places where we are defiling 
our bodies, our temples. That we are not doing the things that God is telling us to do. And for the Jewish people, again, this was their changing in the diet. This was their, their kind of changing their perspective. It was about the me's and all that type of stuff. And I'm not saying, hey, you can't go to the gym. What I'm saying, though, is where's your priority? Are you more so concerned about how God sees you or are you more so concerned about how the world sees you? Are you easily giving in to sin? Maybe it's the peer pressure or maybe it's just, ah, oh, well, you know, it's just, there's more fun over here. Whatever it might be, are you going against God's ways? Because if so, then, then our temple is defiled. And when it's defiled, as we see here with the Maccabees, well, maybe it's time that we do some cleaning. Maybe it's time that we do some dedication. And I'm not one to judge because, you know, I, I, I'm in the same boat. When I was kind of doing the study for this yesterday, you know, it became clear to me. I got some things that I began to slack on. Some things that I know that God is not pleased with. And so I'm in the same boat. I have to look at this and say, God, I'm sorry. I've defiled my temple. I've defiled my body. I'm not living as, as pure a life as I, as I thought I am. Our temple can very easily be defiled with sin. But the first thing that we have to do is we have to come to a point where as the Maccabees, we say, enough. Seeing what has going on, seeing the defilement, having our eyes open and realizing, oh my gosh, I'm, I have the sin that I that I I'm is defiling my body. I have this problem. I have this ah oh, this area in my life that is not serving God. It's not living for God. It's not pointing to God. Maybe maybe you have couple areas where God is opening your eyes and you're realizing this. Well, the first thing we do is we say, enough, enough. I'm not going to keep going down that path. I'm not going to keep going down this way that God is telling me not to go down. I'm going to stop. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to God. God, please forgive me. We ask him for that forgiveness. God, please forgive me for this junk that I have been hoarding in my life. Forgive me for this defilement that has come into my life. Again, we talked about John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've opened up that door to where the enemy is stealing and killing and destroying this temple that I am. God, I ask for you to forgive me, to forgive me of that sin. I've had enough. I don't want to continue down that way. And then, then we must also dedicate or rededicate ourselves back to God. Just as the Maccabees did. God, I dedicate this or I rededicate myself to you. Again, we are a temple, and they rededicated the temple there into the works of, of God again, and, and they reestablished a holiness in there. God, I 
rededicate myself to you. Me as a temple, God, I rededicate myself to you. I'm sorry for the path that I have gone down. And now, God, I rededicate my life to you. In this feast of dedication, this is the perfect time to rededicate yourself back to God or to dedicate yourself for the first time to God. And watch what he does. There's so much awesomeness that happens in this season. There's so much of, of, of a of a miracle, honestly, of a miracle that happens in this season of miracles. And I tell you right now that the greatest miracle that might happen in this season is your rededication back to God. It's very possible that the greatest miracle that's going to happen right now is not all that stuff out there, but it's what's happening in you right now. This rededication of the temple, this, this coming back to relationship with God. Now, I'll tell you, there are some other great miracles that happen in this time. Not only did the small defeat the huge, but we also have the story of the lights and how in this season we find that there was this, this lack of oil because, because of the defilement that had happened and only certain oil could be used in the menorahs, we find that they, they, they have this little container of oil left that was specifically to be used for the menorah. And now... There's this contemplation. What is the greater sin? Is the greater sin that we would not light the menorah knowing that we have oil? Or would the greater sin be lighting the menorah and it going out? And when they weighed those options, they said, you know what, let's go ahead and light the menorah. And they're, they're in the process of making the new oil and all, but they take the oil that they do have and they fill the menorah and they light it. And they don't expect it to, to go on very long but they light it and they come back the next day and it's still lit and they come back the next day and it's still lit and they come back the next day and it's still lit. And this miracle of the light continues on for eight days. You know, eight is the number of new beginnings. New beginnings happened in this moment. New beginnings in many ways. New beginnings in the, the, the reestablishing of the menorah and the, the lights burning again. New beginnings in the people's life because they didn't have the this, this struggle with the Greeks. They didn't have the tyranny with the Greeks there anymore. New beginnings in the dedication as they dedicated the temple and it it's new. It's cleaned. It's new. And our new beginnings in their own lives as they came into this realization of how much they needed God. And just as they cleaned the temple and made it new, how they also were new. This is a season where God wants to do so much. And Hanukkah, again, is not just a Jewish holiday. This is a holiday for all of us. And we see Jesus celebrating it. Why would we not? we want to be imitators of God, if we want to do the things that he does, then Hanukkah is one of those things that we should be celebrating. We should be joyfully celebrating because it is a season where things of old 
are renewed. Where there's a, a remembrance of the rededication. And as we saw from the text there in, in the book of Maccabees, they celebrated this season of dedication joyfully with burnt offerings and sacrifices of deliverance and praise. They made it a point that every year they were going to celebrate for eight days this time. And I bet you in this celebration, it's the same as what we're doing right here. It's the remembering of, man, I got to get back on track. I got to rededicate my life. The biggest miracle right now might just be that you rededicating your life back to God, giving yourself back to him, or again, maybe for the first time. You know, if that if that's you, either one of those two, pray with me. God, I come before you realizing that my temple is defiled. And I ask God first that you would come and forgive me for, for the defilement that I've done. And God, I pray that you would accept my, my words of coming back and rededicating or dedicating for the first time my life to you, God. God, I dedicate myself to you. A miracle is happening right now. A miracle is happening, and you are that miracle. What a great season. Hey, this is Pastor Daniel. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Obedient Sheep podcast. If you'd like to get more information on this ministry or even get in contact with me, please go to obedientsheep.net. There you'll be able to leave your information, drop a line, send a prayer request, or even check out the other resources that are available. Thank you again for checking out this ministry, and we hope you have a blessed day.